a great few days, hasn't it? You guys enjoyed winter camp? Yeah. Good to hear all the good reports about uh, what God's doing in your life, the discussions you're having. That's real important. Let me ask you, who can remember what the title of the message was Friday night? Oh, that's a long time ago, huh? Let me run down the list of what God's told us so far. So first we started with God is our light when the, when, when the uh, fear, right, overwhelming fear takes a hold of us. We talked about that. Then the next, night, the next message was God is our light when we choose darkness. Then we went into God is our light when we don't know what we don't know. Did some inventory. Then this morning, God is our light when we know what we didn't know. Today, we want to talk about your future, that you can choose your future. God is our light to help us choose our future. Let's look at this little statement. The choices we make will create our future. If you don't decide your future, your future will decide you. Your past is always chasing you down, trying to influence your future to be like your past. Who wants an amazing, successful, victorious future? Don't we all? Is that possible? Or, or how do we get that? It's all that so many times, especially young people, that we just live life. Life just happens. We don't even realize that, uh, you know, it's, we think it's happening to us. We don't understand that we have the ability to make choices in our life that will create our future. You have that opportunity. We're going to talk about it tonight. So you have a big part in choosing what your future is, the choices you make. Let's look at Psalms 119, 105, a short verse, but very enlightening to tools you can use for what your future is going to look like. Here's what the psalmist wrote. The word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Anybody ever tripped over something in the dark? Like you've been in a low-lit room? Yeah, anybody? Yeah. Happens a lot. A lot of times uh, when things are low-lit, crazy stuff can happen. I remember one time we took our family to, a, to the coast, had rented a little motel, a little cheesy place, and they had real low-level parking garages that you parked. I mean, like less than six feet was kind of odd. I noticed when I pulled up, and then when I came out of the little office from paying for our room, the, the first carport was open, but it was hardly any light. And I walked around the corner, and I didn't really look up. And, and as I walked, supposedly under this garage door, it hit me right in the head and split my head wide open. Couldn't really see it. In the dark, when things are not lit up, crazy stuff can happen. I remember my brother was a sheriff, Fresno County Sheriff for 25 years, and one night he was chasing a guy, he had stole some stuff at a store, and he was jumping over, over fences into different people's backyards, and, they, and he finally got him in one backyard. He's up on the roof of the house, and so he calls the guys, hey, I got him right here. He's, he's walking with his gun, he's got his light in his gun, and he's got him, don't move, dude, I got you, I got you. He's not paying attention, it's kind of dark, and then boom, right into the pool. <laughs> totally submerged under the water. When, when the path is not lit, crazy stuff happens. David is talking here about a few things. He said the word, God's word, is like a lamp and a light. So it's the road map of how to live life. 
The word is a lamp and a light. So that is the road map of how we are to live our life. Then he said, talks about our feet and the path. The feet and the path in this passage, that's the choices you make directed by the road map. And so if we have God's word and it's the map of our life and, and our feet and our path are making decisions off of the map, the word of God, you will create a great future. A lot of times we have a lot of obstacles in the way of that happening. Oftentimes we choose the past instead of the future. We, or we choose the present. We don't want to think about the past. We, we're, we're terrified of it. We don't want to think about the future because we just live today for today and, we, and, and we, we just choose stuff for the present, never considering what tomorrow it would bring. Do you understand the most spiritual activity you will ever do is to choose? Some would say, well, I thought it would be like prayer worship or read the word or go to church well in reality all those are choices you make so your ability to choose is the most spiritual activity when you make choices that moves you into what tomorrow will look like to not make a choice is really a choice uh you have to let the past go we talked about that this morning letting the past go isn't denying that it's there it's recognizing it Know it had happened, knowing it has current power over you, even though it is the past, dealing with it and letting God move you on to the future. It's not being in denial of it. We make choices. This weekend you've made choices. Some have made choices to follow Christ. Some have made choices to get really real with yourself and say, you know what, this is a description of the things happening in my life, and I'm going to do something about it. Those are choices. Those are good choices you've made that will create your future of victory and hope and success. Most people have this magical idea of the future that it just happens. They kind of say, whatever happens, happens. Let me, let me tell you, that's not a good approach. Ah, you know, we're young. What could possibly, whatever happens, just happens. If that's your approach to the future, your future will choose you. If you don't choose your future, it will tell you what it will be. And usually it's not what we want. Look at this. If you don't choose your future, you will end up with a future you didn't want. And then we say, how do we get there? How did I wind up here? And when I ever in my life have wound up in a place where I didn't really want to wind up or be, I, you know, and I, I'm like questioning, then if I look back over the small choices I made along the way, it led me right to where I wound up. It's, that's not a mystery. You know the story of the children of Israel, 400 years in bondage. Now, think about this story. 400 years they've been in bondage. How many know the story? Exodus, right? Children of Israel, 400 years. All they know is bondage. I mean, their parents, 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 parents were slaves in Egypt. All they knew was we're slaves, we build bricks, and these people rule our life. Then God decided, I'm going to deliver them. He sends Moses in. You remember the story? And he takes 10 plagues. He puts it upon the Egyptians, and he frees the Israelites. They, they've never, never considered this even happening. Now, picture it. They've left Egypt. They're, they're following Moses out from a land they've never been through now. It's all new territory. They're marching toward the Red Sea. God's delivered them. And in Exodus 14.10, this is what they tell Moses. Because they come up to the Red Sea, a million-plus people, and the army is marching quick after them. They got mad, so the Egyptian army, like, they're not going to leave us like that. They're marching after them to kill them, and they come to the edge of the Red Sea, and this is what they said. The Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Why would they fear? 
I mean, they just experienced God delivering them through ten miracles, plagues against the Egyptians, and they didn't get harmed, and they were set free. But there they were, at a crossroads. You see, your past is always chasing you down, hoping that you'll fear the future and just relive your past. That's what the past wants for your life. They, they basically said, we don't know how to be free. We are just slaves. Let us go back. They literally told Moses, why did you bring us out here in the desert to die? We could have stayed back there and be slaves. Are, are you out of your mind? God freed them, and all they knew in their life was to be slaves in bondage. They, and they were so fearful of the unknown, they would rather go back. And sometimes that's how we face life. We've become, become so accustomed to the brokenness in our life, the bondage, the sin, the, the, thing that's, the things on your list that so hold you, the strongholds of our life, we get so familiar with that, we're terrified to launch out into our future. And so there they were at the Red Sea, and there they were marching out to them to kill them, and they made a choice. They chose to move forward, and somehow, in a miraculous way, remember the story? God parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry ground, and they got to the other side, and their enemy was chasing them. And when they got into the middle of the sea, God closed it up and killed their enemy. And that's what he can do for your life. As your past chases you down, wanting to dictate to you, you're gonna, your future's going to be like your past, your brokenness, your resentment, your ugliness, your abandonment, your worthlessness. All that past is going to chase you down and make you live out the future like your past. And what God will do for you, just like he did for them, if you will choose to follow this word tonight and follow God's leading... He will lead you into a great future, and he will drown your past behind you. That's what he's promising you. They chose to go forward. What will you choose today? Using God's word to light the way. That will create your future. What will you choose today using God's word to light the way that will create your future? I'm going to give you three things to choose tonight. First one we did this morning, choose to let Jesus you got to choose to let Jesus, the light of the world, shine in your darkness, in your strongholds, uh, from your past, let it begin a healing process. You have divine power, remember, to tear down strongholds. God can replace those broken parts of your heart with the light of life, a new you. So choose to let Jesus do the work he's come to do. He died on the cross, not just to save your soul, but to heal your life, to restore you to what he had created you to be to tear down all the brokenness of your life and make you whole. Make that choice. Choose to let Jesus do that. Number two, choose to live holy. Now, this is, a, this is a real dicey one because you don't hear a lot about holy living nowadays. Choose to live holy. God's word lights the path in our life for things not to do and things to do. We're going to go over this in Galatians 5. So, 15 things to not do. These are the works of the flesh. Now, if you want to choose a good future, you got to make some decisions tonight. Where's that next slide? So we're going to decide, don't do these things. It's out of Galatians 5. Here we go. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. By the way, these are not the positive things we're wanting to do. These are the pretty basic, don't, if you do these things, you will not choose the future you want. Let's just walk through them. What do these things say? Here's the 15 things we don't want to do sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality or, or obsession, to be obsessed with something. Idolatry, which is really to value something or someone more than God. 
Could be great things, could be good things, could be your looks, your physique, your sporting ability, you know, your popularity. Those aren't bad, but if those are above God, if, if you idolize that, it's a work of the flesh. Okay, sorcery, witchcraft, enmity, which is hate or hostility, strife, which is fighting, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, which is always in conflicts, dissensions, which are being rebellious, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. Now, these are the things, if, if we choose to not do these, you're setting up a pretty good future to choose to not do these things. Now, what do we choose to do? Now, here's the nine things, same passage in Galatians 5. These are things that we should, that we should choose to do, and it should describe our life, right? Let's go to the next. The fruit of the Spirit is, here's the nine things, love. Now, just as I go through these, kind of do a check mark like, okay, one to ten for each word. One, not really. Ten, that's me, 100%. So take each word and just kind of pick where are you at. You're a five, an eight, a ten on these things that should describe you, the fruit of the God's Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that should be in your life. And God's word in your life, his spirit in your life will produce. These things will grow. You understand that sowing and reaping is an absolute law of God. How many understand that? What do I mean by that? Planting and harvest. Basically, you plant a peach tree, and without doubt, you're going to get peaches. <laughs> nobody, nobody wonders about that. We don't think, wow, I planted a peach orchard. I wonder what's going to grow on that tree. It's just a common law of God. What you plant produces this fruit. You plant an apple tree, probably the first time it produces fruit, you're going to get what? Apples. It's no brainer. You sow sin into your life. You shouldn't be shocked when brokenness and destruction is what you're living in next season. You sow God's word and his spirit in your life, you will have the fruit of the spirit as a, as a byproduct of that in your life. See, some, here's the hard part. Sometimes it's hard because We've had a life of destruction. We've made bad choices. We've put ourselves in the place where we are. I mean, we're, we're in a broken place because of the choices I made. And so I've decided I'm going to do better. And so I start making right choices. Here's the most dangerous place we find ourselves. And we usually go, some people go backwards. You're in a place where you, you decide, like, like, let's say this weekend at camp, I'm going to decide to do right. I'm making choices right now that are going to be right. And you start doing right decisions. Everything you do is a right choice. But you're, you have like the worst life going on. You're still all kinds of negative and brokenness and attacks going on. Why, why am I doing so much right, but I'm experiencing so much wrong? You've got to understand the process of, of seasons. You plant something this season, and then next harvest, that's what you get from what you planted. So if you're harvesting the negative sin, brokenness from last year's planting, just keep going. Still plant good. Still make right choices. Grind through the unfairness that life is terrible, but you're doing the best you've ever done in your life. Keep planting that because next season you will reap the good from that. And then from then on, all you have is planting good, reaping good. Don't back up in the first season of doing the best you can. The choices you're making are good, but you're living out last year's bad choices. Keep working through it. By the second harvest, It'll be all good choices, moving your life in the victorious promise you want to live as a life. Third thing, real important, choose to know your identity is in Christ. 
This is a decision of your will. You have to choose that who you find yourself to be is in Christ. Where do you find sometimes our identity? Many times it might be, because uh, Satan's always working to influence you, to, to, to tell you your identity is in something other than Christ. It might be the opinions of others. Some people, the opinion is others. That de- totally determines their identity. Their parents, their friends, maybe your whole life. You spent your whole life trying to be what everybody else thought you should be. And by succeeding in that, by, by becoming what everybody wanted you to be, that's where you found your identity. False identity. Maybe it's the hurt people have done to your life and, and what it's left behind. Maybe, maybe the devil has you living out resentment, bitterness, hate, guilt, shame, fear because of what happened. And, and then that's your identity. That's, not, that's a false identity. Don't say that's me. Maybe it's the media and culture, a big one, huge influence. It's Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. All these things are constantly promoting you to be something bigger and better than you currently are or you're just not enough. That's false identity. Don't look to that as, as, as what your identity is. Then there's the, actually the thoughts from the devil always attacking our mind. You're never going to be cute enough, popular enough, skinny enough, athletic enough, smart enough, liked as the rest of them are. You'll never measure up. You'll never be good enough. You'll always be worthless. You'll never be forgiven of that thing you did. He's always attacking our mind. Trying to find our identity in false information. Here's some damaging influences to your identity. And we talked about this last night. Damaging influences to your identity. Negative words that are said to you. Remember, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Words said to you bring death into your life or life into your life. So a lot of times, those negative words that were said to us, we, we embrace. And then we go to negative words you say to yourself. We record it on a little tape and we roll it over in our mind over and over and those false truths that were said to you that now you're saying to yourself, that will create a damage to the identity that you are. And then negative things that were done to you. We've talked about that for, for two messages now. That if we allow that to be the picture of who we are, your identity is skewed. You are not the sum of what you've done or what's been done to you. That is not what who you are. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. You are fully capable and fulfilled and everything about your life is in Jesus. It's not about you. You can't work for it. You can't be a better Christian because you worked harder. He's, did, he's done all the work for your life. So let your identity, everything that you are, be in Christ. Got to choose to live holy. But using God's word to light the path will choose to walk the future God has for you. Let's finish up with this, Ephesians 2.10. Here's what he says about you. And remember, there's what you feel. You can't trust that. Feelings go up and they go down. Then there's what's true. You understand that what you feel rarely, so truth is right here. It never changes. We're going to read some truth about you. And then sometimes our feelings go up. Man, I feel like I'm, a, I'm the best thing in the world. And then something happens and I crash. And I'm like, I'm worthless. I'm no good. We go up and we go down. And, and rarely does what we feel cross what's true. Hardly ever. So let's not live off what we might feel, but let's say, what is the word lighting to us that's true? Here's what it says about you. For you, we are, we are his workmanship. God created you. He 
crafted you. He made you like you are. We are his workmanship created in Christ. Jesus for good works. John 3 and 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God. And so we are. This is your identity. This is the choices you need to make. So as you choose your future, you you have to make it. In fact, tonight, I call you to make a choice tonight. What will you choose for your future? Because the choices you make right here tonight will create the future that you want. Do you want to live holy? Do you want to have Jesus in the middle of your life? What are the choices you'll make today that will create the future you want? Or will you just do nothing and let the past try to chase you down and manipulate what your future will be? Sometimes we say, I'm so terrified of the future that's unknown. I'd rather live in the bondage of the past because at least it's familiar to me. I've heard it so often, like, like the Israelites, why would you choose to go back when God has delivered you to go forward? But sometimes we're in that same place, and God wants to give you strength, empower you, give you the ability through Christ to say, I'm going to make these choices about who I am, what I'm going to do, what I'll go to and not go to, what I'll say and not say, what I'll see and not see, who I'll be around and not be around. The choices you make will create what your future can be. And in Christ, that's what he wants for your life. I'm going to ask Brian to come back up. God wants to let the light of God's word lead us into the choices we make. Again, the word, God, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's the road map, and the choices I make are based off the road map. I used to drive truck for years, and I, one day I was going to go from Fresno up to the Bay Area and drop a load of chemicals off from like garden supplies and I took up I kind of knew where I was going and I just took off driving and I somehow I wound up on the other side of the East Bay in San Francisco I don't know how I got I mean I just I'm I know where I'm going it's in Oakland and all of a sudden I'm in a lane I'm not looking around I'm not paying attention I'm just letting life go on and I wound up crossing the Bay Bridge into San Francisco how'd I get here I got there because I didn't use the map and so now, once I got there, I said, oh, hold, hold on. I got my map out. I saw where I was, and I saw where I needed to be. And I just followed the map to there. If you have wound up in your life somewhere you never intended to be, like, how did I get here in this situation, in this relationship, in this condition of my heart or my mind? Stop. Get out the map. The road book of life is God's word. It will lighten your path. It will give you direction. And you can entrust your life to it. And so tonight, make the choices that will create an amazing future for you. It's in your ability to do. Let's all stand. God, we thank you tonight for your word, that your word is a lamp to our feet. It lights the path before us. Now, God, maybe we've made choices along the way that put us where we're at. We own that. Maybe we didn't even think about what the choices were going to be, and we just let life happen, and now we wound up here. But God, we look at our past. A lot of it is broken, has a lot of scars, a lot of stuff to be dealt with. But on today we decide, God, today four, we're going to decide we're going to make the right choices. 
And even though we might grind through the pain of living out yesterday's bad choices, we're going to push through because in you we have hope, we have peace in you, we have strength in you, and we're going to start a lifestyle of choosing right, guided by your word, and create the future that we want in our life. God, touch these young people. Let them understand the process. But to just do right, no matter what it costs you, it sometimes costs us, but continue to do right to look to your word for guidance.